Are the Cincinnati Bearcats so good and so dominant year in and year out under Luke Fickle that they're boring? Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day on a Friday. It's game day preview Friday. We're previewing the Bearcats matchup with the SMU Mustangs tomorrow afternoon, noon kickoff on ESPN. Of course, you can listen to the game live on 700 WLW. Dan Horde, Jim Kelly Jr., Mo Egger will have the call from Dallas, Texas, where the Bearcats and the SMU Mustangs will do battle on SMU's homecoming. Bearcats looking for their sixth straight win of the season a 6-1 and one start, and a maintaining their place in the top 25, heading into a huge showdown next week with Central Florida. But this is a showdown, too, this week. And I, I, I've i been thinking about this because covering the Bearcats for as long as I have, and it's not that long. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, I've been covering them for 30 years. Heck, I'm only 23. But I've been around the football program and the men's basketball program long enough to know that, well, okay, mainly football, but men's basketball for a long time was the same way. The Bearcats are so consistently good and so consistently dominant in the regular season that it got me thinking, does it ever get boring covering the Bearcats? And the answer is no. The answer is no. Because they're good. They're good. They win consistently in the regular season. This is a far cry from reporters who covered the team in in the 2000s, you know, when the basketball program was torn down and then rebuilt, the football program underwent numerous coaching changes. You talk to reporters who who covered the university athletics at that time, C. Trent Rosecrans, Michael Perry, you talk to those guys. Bill Cook, Tom Gresham, um, God rest his soul. You talk to guys who covered the team then. You talk to Dan Horde, you talk to Mo Egger, for instance. They'll tell you there's a lot of activity. Numerous presidential changes, numerous athletic director changes, numerous coaching changes in both football and men's basketball. Covering the Bearcats right now, for me, for Dan, for Mo, for Justin, Russ, Keith, Chad Brendel, anyone who covers the team, by the way, um, thoughts and prayers absolutely with Chad Brendel and his wife Kelly as she continues to relentlessly and resiliently battle cancer. Um, anyone who covers the team now will tell you it's fun covering them because you don't have to cover any drama. You don't have to cover stories you don't want to cover. You get to focus on the team. You get to focus on the games. More often than not, they're wins, and that's a good thing. But when you win so consistently and you win so dominantly, I mean, look at the football program. Look at the last two years. The Bearcats have not lost a regular season game since 20 – the Bearcats have not lost a conference regular season game, excuse me, since 2019. They've only lost one time in the regular season since 2019. That was at Arkansas this year. They dominate their they they dominate inferior opponents except for USF apparently. Um, they 
they beat teams that are good. They beat teams who might be better than them, and they play again, and they play well against tough competition. Like in the last three years, they've gone toe to toe with Georgia. They've gone toe to toe with Alabama, and they almost won in Arkansas. That's called going toe to toe with your competition, right? There is a lot of good that comes with covering the Bearcats. But when all you do is win, and more often than not, in dominant fashion, sometimes you want to you want something else to focus on when you cover the team. A loss, that's what we have right now because of the situation going on at quarterback. Is Ben Bryant healthy? If not, does Evan Prater start? And if Evan Prater does start, and based on how he performs, do we continue this conversation going forward? Mo Ecker has two rules with teams that he roots for and teams he covers and talks about on his show. Be good or be interesting. Well, the Bearcats are both. Right now, the Bearcats football program is both good. They have four, essentially four straight 10-win seasons, back-to-back New Year's Six Bowl appearances, a college football playoff berth, and two straight conference championships. Plus, they're moving to the Big 12, so they're going to be a Power 5 program within less than a year, less than half a year, actually. Officially, July 1st. But once this season ends, they're officially a Big 12 member in my eyes. So that's the football program. The basketball program is interesting because they weren't very good last year. Sorry about that. They weren't very good last year, but they have a lot of momentum on the recruiting front. They have a lot of momentum um, in terms of offseason, you know, transfer portal pickups. They have an intriguing roster this year. They have a lot of good returning players in David DeJulius and Jeremiah Davenport. They have a, a young head coach who the university is starting to really embrace in Wes Miller. That's interesting stuff. Plus the history of Bearcats basketball and them going to the Big 12, the best basketball conference in the country, bar none. That's what makes it interesting. When you cover a team that's good, and I'm a part of that, it's fun. Like if the, if the Bearcats weren't good and they weren't interesting, I can't even imagine what that would be like. So I'm thankful that I get to cover a team who's really good. I get to cover a team who is likely going to be playing for a conference championship in football and a New Year's Six Bowl berth, and in which case, if that happens, we'd be looking ahead to a game against a Power 5 team, maybe like a USC or something like or someone like that in the Cotton Bowl. On the basketball front, there's a chance this year we might be covering this team well into March, and they're relevant, and they're playing for a conference tournament championship, and more importantly, an NCAA tournament berth. When the, when the team is... When the team you're covering is good, that's great. But sometimes you want something else to focus on. And in this case, with the Bearcats, we do with the quarterback battle. Because we don't know what's going to happen this week, and we don't know what's going to happen once the decision's made and how it does going forward. Now, if Ben Bryant does start and performs, and does, you know, 300 yards, or, excuse me, 300 yards and three touchdowns, okay, fine, then what was all that for? But we still get to talk about the great players on this team. We get to look ahead next week to a massive game at, in Orlando that very well could determine who has home field advantage in the American Conference Championship game, unless Tulane has something to say about that. So the point is this. It never gets boring when you cover a good team. But sometimes you do want something interesting to come into play. And in this case, we have that. With the health of Ben Bryant and the intriguing prospect of Evan Prater, and what he can bring and what he can do, and the fact that we've seen that 
that creates questions. And that's totally, totally fine. All right. Uh, coming up, I'll get to my keys to the game for the Bearcats game on uh, tomorrow, excuse me, against SMU. We'll get into that after a word from Underdog Fantasy. That's what this episode is brought to you by. The easiest place to spice up college football season. Here's how to do it. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick two and five players across any team, not just the Bearcats, and decide if they will finish higher or lower. One of the easiest fantasy to play games out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. Sign up with the promo code Locked On, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100 and get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On. Get in on the college football pick 'em action today. All right, so the Bearcats at SMU tomorrow. I, I, I definitely think the biggest key to this game for me, the Bearcats have to be able to run the football. Why? Because, number one, it's what this offense still needs to be driven through, its running game. Number two, it's the fact that SMU's running defense is so bad that the Bearcats should absolutely be able to exploit it. SMU is allowing over 200 yards per game. They're 98th in the country in yards per carry allowed. If Evan Prater does have to start tomorrow, which we still don't know if he's going to or not, and we likely won't know until the morning of the game. If Evan Prater is going to start, that means, as Russ and I talked about yesterday, if you missed that episode, check it out on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Russ Heldman joined me yesterday um, to talk about the upcoming matchup tomorrow and some basketball conversation as well. If, if the Bearcats have to start Evan Prater, and that's totally fine, well, Evan Prater is a dual-threat quarterback. So utilize that, get him out in space, run some RPOs, you know, get him comfortable in the game. This is a big matchup. You're going on the road to face a team that wants to beat you, A, because they've lost, because they've gotten blown out by them the last two years. SMU's gotten blown out by Cincinnati. And two, it's their homecoming game. And three, because they're going to the Big 12 next year, Cincinnati. SMU's not. They want to send them off and say, are you really worthy of this? And I said and I said it earlier this week, every team that's not going to the Big 12 wants to do that. They want to be like they, I mean, if you're not UCF, Houston, or BYU, you want to beat Cincinnati because this is your last chance at them in a conference game. Especially SMU. Because they feel like they are a good program. And they've been much better in recent years. I will give them that. Under a first-year head coach and Rhett Lashley, they're three and three. They still have their prolific offensive attack. Tanner Mordecai is having a really solid season. Once again, a quarterback. Rache Rice is tearing it up on the outside. But the one thing they don't do well is they don't run. Is they don't stop the run. And if you can keep a defense, because this game is so big to me, because it will prepare the Bearcats next week for for what they're facing in Central Florida, because. It will be a track meet, and this game could be that. So you've got to get prepared, and this is the game to do it. But running the football allows you to keep your defense off the field so they're not running around chasing SMU for 35 minutes. You don't want that. How do you keep your defense and neutralize a prolific offensive attack is you run the football. And the Bearcats have the ability to do that. Corey Kiner's back at practice, as Russ mentioned yesterday. 
Charles McClellan is starting to really get things going. Two 200-yard rushing games in his last four. He had a solid performance against Tulsa. Did he have 100 yards Tulsa? I feel like he maybe did. Okay, so he's looking for a second straight 100-yard rushing game, and the Bearcats are healthy. So you've got some fresh legs at running back. Ryan Montgomery's working his way back. You've got options to run the football behind an offensive line that should be, you know, should allow this team to do what it wants to do offensively. And if Ben Bryan starts, I talk about this all the time with Joe Burrow. I talked about it last year, and I, I still sometimes think it. Limit his throwing attempts. If you can make him more efficient, and, and, the, and an offense goes as the quarterback goes, if you can make Ben Bryan more efficient, instead of him throwing the ball 40 times a game, say maybe 30 times a game. If you're running the ball 30 times a game and throwing the ball 30 times a game, that's balanced offense. That's a dynamic offense. And that's, quite frankly, what needs to happen. If he's not healthy, if he's not 100%, you don't want him to throw the football very often. If you can establish the run game early, which is what the Bearcats need to do, that's going to open up your options, especially if Tyler Scott's not playing. We don't know if he's going to play. We don't know yet. And that'd be a big concern. If Ben Bryant doesn't have his number one target. So that means you have a less than 100% quarterback and you're an absent your number one wide receiver. What does that mean you need to do? You need to run the football with some very good running backs and keep your defense off the field. Second key to the game, get to Tanner Mordecai. He's only been sacked six times this season. Six times. That's one per game. So not only is this SMU offense prolific, they protect their quarterback. And for a Bearcats defense that has been really good this season, so far through six games after an incredible performance at Tulsa where they had 11 sacks, um, so far this season, Cincinnati's defense has, um, let me see, I have to do the math the hard way, apparently. Um, six and a half, eight, 11, 12, 14, 15, 17 and a half, 19 and a half, 20 and a half, 22 and a half. This is 23 and a half, 23 and a half sacks. They only have a half sack. Sack against USF. Yeah. They have 23 and a half sacks so far this season. 23 and a half. So they're already more than halfway to last year's total of 39. So this defense, we know, can get after the quarterback. We know Ivan Pace Jr., who has just a, an incredible, is having an incredible season. When you talk about where he ranks in the country nationally, right now he has five sacks, 12 and a half tackles for loss. Um, I can find the statistics that I found earlier this morning, national rankings. Um, I know they're in here somewhere. Anyway, the point is this. Actually, you know what? I think I know where those are. 
Uh, Justin Williams might have mentioned this in his Truths or Myths article, if I can get a hold of that. Anyway, the point is this. How you slow down a prolific offense on defense is you pressure the quarterback. This SMU offensive line is very good because they don't give up many sacks. But the Bearcats defense with Ivan Pace and Jabari Taylor and Jawan Briggs, we know, okay, we know that they are very good at getting after the quarterback. If you can get some edge rush help too from maybe Noah Potter, you can get some edge rush help from maybe Wilson Hubert's Ivan Fossen coming up from linebacker, Deshaun Pace flying in. So there are a lot of options to get to Tanner Mordecai. Last year in the Bearcats, 48-14 to win over SMU. They sacked Mordecai three times. It will be harder to do that on the road. SMU is going to be fired up for this game because their expectations are to get to a bowl game. Well, they're 3-3, three and three, which means they got to go 3-3 three and three in the second half of the season, duplicate the first half to get to the bowl game. How you do that, you got to beat the teams you're supposed to be and then steal a game against the team you're not supposed to be, and that's this game against Cincinnati. So, to me, it's a matter of can you win the battle up front, both running the football on offense Cincinnati against SMU's defense and for Cincinnati's defense to get after Tanner Mordecai. They're going to have to slow down this passing attack. We know that. And then number three, field position. This won in the game against South Florida. And it really, really does matter. If it were a run-first team, I'd say it matters more. But it matters, too, with the pass. Because if you force SMU to throw from their own goal line, that's never a good thing to have to do. If your quarterback is throwing from his own end zone, that's never a good thing. Just ask Dan Orlovsky and Jimmy Garoppolo about that. I mean, both, both their teams lost games because of it. They stepped out of the back of the end zone. So, to me, what needs to happen is you've got to pin SMU deep. Make them throw the ball. And then you can pin your ears back and tee off. If you give them the ball on the 50-yard line, or if you let them start on their own 35, that's not good because then they can do whatever they want. They can take shots down the field. They can dump the ball off. That stresses the defense. And then if you're Cincinnati, you know, you don't want to be backed up in your own territory because you don't want to have to throw, period. You want to be able to run the football. You got to be able to start at least from your own 25, if not further. Field position decided the game ultimately against South Florida. Mason Fletcher had some incredible punts. We know that. It's up to the Bearcats' defense to continue. What has been, it's up to the Bearcats to continue to win that battle of field position in this game. We'll get into some players to watch. We'll get into where this game will be decided. And my score prediction in what should be a really good game tomorrow. I really do think, I really do think it's going to be close. Which, I mean, I said, when you cover a team that's good and wins dominantly all the time, sometimes you want a close game. Well, you're, if, you, if you're one of those people... You're going to get that tomorrow. I'll explain why coming up after a word from two of our sponsors. All right, so players to watch for the Bearcats and SMU tomorrow. For the Bearcats on offense, I'm going to put the onus on the running back room, particularly Corey Kiner. I want to see how healthy he is. I want to see how productive he can be. And I want to see if he can have that game-breaking run like he had against Tulsa 
that can really make a difference for this team. I really do think Corey Kiner is just as an important part of this team as, um, as anybody. And we know that. He's got to be able to compliment Charles McClellan so defenses don't know what's coming at them with the run game. Uh, for SMU on defense, I'm going to take Elijah Chapman. It feels like he's been there for a long time. So far this season, um, Elijah Chapman, if I can pull up the stats here. Elijah Chapman so far um, this season has 21 tackles, four tackles for loss, and three sacks. He's tied for the team leading sack with Nelson Paul. I would also put Nelson Paul in there because he's got five tackles for loss. So those are your guys you're going to have to watch out for. Elijah Chapman and Nelson Paul. Chapman, if you're wondering, uh, where's number 40? Defensive end, defensive tackle. And Nelson Paul, where's number um, nine? He's a defensive end. So your two defensive ends, if the Bearcats are able to, with their tackles and Joe Huber and James Tunstall, Keep those guys at bay. That should open up and allow the Bearcats to do whatever they want to do offensively. Um, SMU on offense, it comes down to one player. That's Rache Rice. Far and away, the biggest playmaker on this team. 49 catches, 761 yards, and four touchdowns. As Russ mentioned yesterday, the next closest receiver, Jake Bailey at 205. And the next closest in receptions is uh, Kelvante Dixon at 15. So Rache Rice is this offense. No secrets there. For the Bearcats on defense, I'm going to take the corners. I'm going to take Byron Threats. I'm going to take Arquan Bush and Jaquan Shepard. How they keep SMU's receivers at bay. Last year, Sauce Gardner did a magnificent job against SMU. This year, it's going to be up to the replacements, the guys who are now here to do just the same. All right, so where will this game be decided? To me, it's simple. It's going to be decided in the trenches. You know, we can talk about the matchups on the outside with SMU's receivers and the Bearcats' uh, new-look secondary, new-look corners. But it's a classic game of in the trenches. Can the Bearcats slow down SMU's offense by getting to Tanner Mordecai, who's only been sacked six times this season, one per game? And can the Bearcats, on offense, neutralize SMU's prolific offense by running the football, grounding and pounding, winning, winning the battle at the line of scrimmage, and keeping their defense off the field? If they can do that, and they can do that, then they will be in a great position to win the game. Um, they'll be in great position to win the game when, um, when all is said and done. So for me, I think it's going to be a close game. It's on the road. I know the Bearcats have owned the SMU rivalry for two years, but I think this game is going to be much closer. It's homecoming for SMU. The Bearcats don't nearly have as much talent, or I should say the Bearcats don't have as much talent as last year, despite being still really talented. I think Cincinnati, though, pulls it out 31-24, get to 6-1, and one, get to 3-0 and in conference play, and set up the massive showdown on October 29th against UCF next week. All right, tomorrow, or rather, yeah, tomorrow, recap posted right after the game. We'll get to the key turning points and what they mean for the overall uh, feel of the team, whatever, on Tuesday, Wednesday, it's our film review from this Saturday's game. And then on Thursday, Russ Hellman will join me to break it all down and look ahead to next week's showdown in Orlando with UCF. Lockdown Bearcats is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We're free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe 
to the Lockdown Bearcats podcast on YouTube and follow us to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. And don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's, N-N-A-T-I. You can also follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, or email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, make a Lockdown Big 12, making everyday host Josh Neighbors and the local experts of Lockdown taking you across the conference in 30 minutes. Lockdown Big 12, your second listen. That's Lockdown Big 12. For Lockdown Bearcats, my name is Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day. Stay safe, stay healthy, so you can keep making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. I'll be back tomorrow with a recap of the Bearcats and SMU tomorrow. Should be a good game. Enjoy the game. Wherever you're watching the game, stay safe and stay healthy and keep making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. For Lockdown Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the game tomorrow, and I'll talk to you tomorrow after the game right here on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.